So this afternoon we get to continue the developing of the metta or loving kindness practice. And I'm always happy that we include these practice sessions on a retreat like this because the metta uh, is such a powerful and profound practice and a wonderful complement to the clear seeing of the Vipassana practice because it kind of warms the field. It invites us into presence, both with ourselves, but with all experience, with everyone else, certainly here on the retreat, on the land, but in the broader sense of of our place in community and in the world. And metta operates on so many different levels, each of which is important. The kind of simplest level is this act of caring, of the open heart that's available, that's present, and it meets someone, yourself or someone else, and just kind of says, hi, how are you? I care about you, what's happening? And then as we deepen into the practice and open up the field of the caring, it can expand to vast potentialities, as we do, we will do on, in this process, uh, to include all beings in all realms. And in that space, it just becomes a field of metta, and the sense of someone sending metta separate from the field or doing something kind of gets lost. So it really can operate on that vast scale as well and have a, a, a real freeing capacity to the practice. And also, it's a concentration practice. So the steady repetition of the phrases, of the settling into the heart, to the felt sense, to the feeling of metta, can really collect and stabilize the mind and the heart in this kind of beautiful, I always consider it two-for-one package of both the metta feeling, but the concentration. And each adds something to that practice. As we teach it here in the afternoons, we're not so much emphasizing the concentration side, though that may happen for you, but really emphasizing the feeling and the sense of connecting. And in that feeling state, as we enliven ourselves, as we connect to our felt sense of ourselves and to others, and continually repeat these wishes for well-being, we then can often move into the territory of what we call purification, where whatever's an obstacle to that sense of well-being, that wish for happiness, for safety, for acceptance, for love, whether it's the latest and most recent loss or grief in one's life or a a long-held sense of not belonging or some deep trauma, challenge to one's sense of existence, this can all come up for us in this practice. And the, the, the beauty or the power of the practice is that's not something going wrong. That actually is the practice working and learning how to open with kindness and compassion to that, those very experiences are what allows the metta to deepen. So it's just kind of working us on all these different levels. And even if nothing is happening for you in the metta practice, and that can be a common experience too, we get worked around that, right, too, because, oh, I'm doing metta, I should be feeling something, and I'm not. And being able to sit and be kind around that experience of the heart feeling perhaps closed or quiet or still, 
um, is also part of the practice of developing metta. So just a very um, complex and rich practice to engage in and very supportive of the work that we're doing here. So whether you do just this one session a day or expand that uh, to more sessions, whatever way, it's all good and all helpful. And the essence of metta, even though we translate it as loving kindness, is friendliness. If well, As soon as we hear that word love, we can have very elevated ideas of what we should be feeling or what should happen as we practice. And of course, we can feel very deep and profound um, emotions as we do this practice, but we don't have to. That's not at all necessary or needed. We just need to touch into that capacity to care and wish well to whoever it is we're sending the metta to. Um, And this will be challenged for us as we move through the different categories. You may know the the practice of metta where there are these traditional categories we will go through as in these weeks of practice from self to benefactor, dear friend, neutral, difficult, and then all beings. Each one offering something different, offering new challenges and new richness richnesses to our practice. And so it just kind of just keeps stretching us, keeps expanding the field of practice and all offering something a little different. The main thing you need to keep doing is just showing up. That's all you need to keep doing. It's never perfect. It never, you know, it's not uh, that you just sort of turn the dial to metta and that's what happens. If we could all find that dial, we could just turn it on and go home. But we all need to keep approximating, creating the intention, creating the uh, wish for well-being, for happiness, for whoever we're sending for. And then we take what happens, because that's all we can do. So it's that intention that we keep refining, because that's all we can actually put energy and effort into. We can't create a meta-feeling. We can't create love between particular people. You may start off really loving of someone and then after an hour of sending meta to them, they really annoy you for some reason. That's a very natural part of this process. The challenge of this practice is can we continue to wish well when the conditions aren't ideal? When the heart is feeling a little contracted or tired or grumpy or irritable. Can metta still be a response to this experience? And in that way, it's the simplest form of metta, of just, I'm okay to hang out with you. Can we just sit together for this time? Can we just kind of check in and see how each of us are doing? Just the simplest kind of well-wishing or friendliness. Sometimes it's translated just as goodwill, or benevolence, friendliness. So if loving kindness feels a little loaded for you, substitute one of the other words. And really rest in, trust in, that the coming back to and affirming the wish to be kind, even if you don't feel kind, even if you don't feel friendly, but affirming that wish or intention is all you need to do to have this practice really deepen and be life-transforming. So really want to emphasize that as we do this practice. We often talk about saying the phrases like scattering seeds, and some will fall on barren ground, and some will sprout and grow, 
and then wither, and some will really take root. We can't know. We just, as best we can, create the conditions, create the intention, and then we let the practice flower as it will. That's all we can do. I always think it's helpful when we do this practice to have it really body-based. So even though we're saying phrases over and over again, keep coming back to a felt sense of the body, and particularly this area, the center of the chest, the heart area. So the, the practice, the phrases come from there. And you keep just returning to that, just like we do with the breath, with a sense of body. You might get lost, confused, think of memories, planning, but this is sort of the the basis, the foundation of the practice. Uh, Bonnie yesterday did mainly metta for self. That's always a good practice to do. As much as you feel drawn to and want to include that, really encourage and affirm that as a foundational practice. But today I'm going to introduce what we call traditionally the benefactor. And again, it's kind of a lofty word, but really to choose in this category someone who's meaningful for you in your life, who's been a guide or a mentor or a support. But more importantly, when you think of them, your heart naturally and easily opens. So it could be a grandchild. It it could be um, someone who you perhaps have never met, but you've read their works and they're extremely inspiring for you, helpful for you. It could be your pet a dog or a cat or a bird or a horse, but they really represent for you this kind of unconditional love. So as I'm talking, perhaps you can just settle on someone who might fit that category. And ideally, we find someone and stay with them for the length of the practice period, which for this, in this context, is this whole retreat, whether it's a month or more. And we deepen that relationship with this person. We deepen this connection and we go through the ups and downs of any relationship. So at first it might be great, it's so good, I'm loving hanging out and I love this person and maybe they love you and you're just vibing off each other. And then after a while it's like, okay, been there, done that, what's next? And that's so much our tendency, right? To get the hit, to get the high and then move on to something else. And there's so much power and wisdom in this teaching of you stay with this person. You're really in it for the long haul. You keep saying the metta, even if there's not a lot of energy in it. But there's a power, as I said, in this intention of well-wishing. So we keep coming back to that. So I'll just guide us through. I'll start with metta for self and then move to the benefactor. For some people, as you do your own practice, the benefactor might be a better place to start. So again, in your own practice, can trust that. But just for the sake of the guiding today, you have some uh, instructions on metta for self and then move to benefactor. So settling in to the sitting um, posture, whatever that is for you, that's as comfortable as you can be for this period. really helps to have the body at ease and relaxed as you do your metta practice. So just as we start with the mindfulness, feeling the body sitting, inviting relaxation and ease, comfort, so letting the face be soft, the chest and belly soft, just checking in, 
inviting that relaxation, letting go. It's traditionally said that the proximate cause for metta to arise is to open to and connect with the goodness in the person that you're sending metta to. This can be easy to do for our benefactor, but sometimes hard to do for ourselves. But can you just take a moment to appreciate yourself for all of the effort and intention you put into just today, day of sitting and walking, of mindfulness or metta, the intention that got you here on the retreat, your wish for more kindness or compassion or wisdom in your life. It doesn't have to be some big expression of something, but just, you know, my intention is to be a good person, to not harm others, to care for myself and this planet we live on. It's the simplest recognition of that wish that you have in whatever form it takes. And then out of that acknowledgement, beginning to send the phrases of well-wishing towards yourself, however that works for you, whatever phrases work to express that caring. I'll say some of the more traditional translations of the phrases, but you can use your own. May I be safe and protected from harm. May I be happy, joyful. May I be healthy in body and mind. May I have ease in every aspect of my life, feel well taken care of. As you say the phrase, seeing if you can stay connected to the felt sense of yourself as you sit here, perhaps your heart center, an image of yourself sitting here or in some place where you know you feel vibrant and creative or strong or healthy or happy. You kind of tune in what evokes that feeling of connection and especially kindness towards yourself. Some people, it's really heart-opening to send metta to themselves as a young child, at some time where you touched into that stream of happiness, that lightness and joy one can have as a child. Or perhaps it's at a time in your childhood where you really needed that kind of caring and it perhaps wasn't so available. Can you now send metta to that inner child, that quiet, perhaps lonely child, whatever space that child is in? So just feeling your way into, how can you send metta to yourself? with care, with love, with kindness. Just experimenting a little, we kind of just ease our way into this. Gently, we practice metta with metta.
saying the phrases at a speed that helps you connect with the meaning of the words. So not too rushed, not pushing the phrases. Sometimes we offer to time the phrases with the breath. You can see if that works for you. Perhaps silent on the in-breath. And then offering the phrase with the expansion, with the letting go of the out-breath, sending the phrase out. Just helps to slow down the phrases, give some space to the mind and heart, and give you some time to resonate with those phrases. Bonnie may have offered you this phrase we sometimes give for meta for self, where you just use one phrase. May I love and accept myself just as I am. Just that one phrase to express this sense of caring, openness, compassion towards yourself. May I love and accept myself just as I am.
And now you may wish to stay with metta for yourself or you can invite in to the field of metta this person or being in the category of benefactor. Every time we bring in a new person, it's always a shift in the energy field, uh, thoughts and memories of this person being may come up. See if you can use that just to invite the sense of connection. This is, doesn't have to be a distraction. You take a moment to connect with this being, perhaps a visual sense of them or the sound of their voice or perhaps just a sense of their qualities. Perhaps there are images, memories of times together, their face, their eyes twinkling, maybe they're smiling a little. Whatever it is that helps you feel into this person, this being. Again, imagining them in a place, doing something that you know they love or they feel safe or creative in. Whatever works. Thinking of their good qualities. What is it that you love or appreciate about them? Often we feel in the benefactor those, a resonance with those qualities we wish to develop for ourselves. So we let that energetic field open up in us <clears throat> as we bring this person in. Whatever works for you. Saying their name can be powerful. And then just expressing those same wishes for for well-being, for happiness, for ease to this person, this being. May you be safe, protected from inner and outer harm. May you be happy in all aspects of your life. May you be healthy and strong. May you live with the ease of well-being. Again, whatever words, phrases express that sense of caring, staying connected with the person as you send the phrases, either an image in front of you, held in your heart, sitting next to you. Again, whatever works. Grounded in the body, this felt sense using the breath to support the phrases and their sense of going out to this person.
So <clears throat> I encourage you, if this practice is supportive for you, if you connect with it, to do some period uh, during the rest of the day where you just develop it on your own, whether you do it in a walking period or take another sitting period and just be more responsive to what uh, works for you, self-benefactor, some mixture of, of that. But you could do more metta. There's never, it's never too much, basically. Uh, some people here are practicing metta intensively and just doing that as a practice all day long. So that's also a possibility if that's something that speaks to you. You could talk to your interview teacher about what that might look like and, and get some support. I've done all of my intensive metta practice on retreats like this, so it's definitely possible to do that. But just whatever mixture can be formal periods of practice where you just sort of make a decision, this sitting, this walking, develop the metta through the whole period. Many people begin every sitting with a little bit of metta just to connect with that sense of warmth, of kindness, of well-wishing. End with a period of metta. There's no one formula, see what works for you, but just some encouragement to explore how to integrate this practice into the rest of your day. Find it really helpful. So any questions about the metta practice, instructions, your experience, uh, incorporating it into the retreat? Do you have a sense? So her comment is she was working with a benefactor who was kind of shooing the meta away, which was a new experience. Do you have any sense of why they were pushing it away? Um, I was very drawn by the phrase that you offered of um, maybe you accept and love yourself. Just as you are. Mm -hmm. And I know for this person that's a big Uh Uh-huh, right. Okay. So she was using the phrase, may I love and accept myself just as I am, or may you love and accept yourself. And this person, that's difficult for this person. You know, the art of this practice is finding what works. So if that phrase wasn't working, we have to change the phrase. If this is the person you really want to use in that category of benefactor. You know, again, you can audition some people. And see, do they fit? And not that you want to just keep rejecting, oh, they're not right, they're not right. You know, eventually we have to land somewhere, but we have to find what works. And that's part of it. How do we feel into what feels right in this relationship to express caring? If that phrase didn't land for that person, we have to trust that. The energy was there. And so we either shift the phrase or we shift the person. Or, or, you know, again, we can't know in what their actual experience is. It's often our sense of what that is in the moment. So can we get a little deep, you know? So there's a, it's a kind of Aikido move. It's like, can we work with what's here and enter into a relationship where the well-wishing feels like it's landing? But if that really doesn't seem possible, then we have to make a change, whether it's with the phrase, with the person, with how we're doing it. And again, that's just part of the exploration. It's not like 
there's anything wrong with that. It's just like, oh, okay. It's like water flowing. It'll find the way that speaks to that relationship. And the art is, can we do that with gentleness? You know, oh, okay, that's really, this is not the right person or the right time or the right phrase. So let me adjust here and see if the metta can flow in a different way, perhaps to someone else. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, the back bit. Is it essential or helpful if the benefactor is alive? Traditionally, it's recommended that the person be still living. So we have a sense of where the metta is landing, what their life situation is, where they are when we bring them into the heart and mind. And especially if you're doing metta for concentration, where you do it intensively, hour after hour, day after day, that's really helpful. But as I said in my remarks, um, we're really doing it here for the feeling tone. And then it can definitely work still for someone who's passed on. It can actually be quite powerful and beautiful to send metta to someone. Again, in the Buddhist understanding, they're somewhere, and we're just, we don't quite know where perhaps, but they're somewhere. Um, but we do it to the person that we knew, and we just have a sense that it's the well-wishing that's important, not so much you know, where they are or what their current experience is. So... Again, you'll find in our answers, it's never, oh, yes, that's right and that's wrong. Traditionally, yeah, there is a recommendation that they be still living, but we found it to be very healing and helpful sometimes to send it metta to a person who's died. And often what we'll do in um, a grieving ritual or a funeral ritual is to send metta to the person because the sense is, you know, the life force is continuing in some other way, and we really wish that life force well wherever it is. So you can see, again, just like I was saying, see if that lands and works for you, but it, you can sometimes feel it's just not landing somewhere. It's kind of a... And then it's better to choose someone where you can feel that sense of connection. So try it and see. Yeah, over here. Um, I found this a little bit that I've done before very powerful. Mm -hmm. But then I I would find like it would wear off. Mm. You suggested on how to kind of, as we were playing with a different person over a long period of time, how to keep it alive, or is it about like keeping with the exact same phrases and the same visualization, changing the visualization, changing the phrases? So the comment is. has found metta quite powerful, but after some time, did you say the effect wears off or something? And and uh, what should you do then, basically? Should you change the phrases, change the visualization? This is part of the art of this practice. As I said, the, the real power of it is to create this foundation of well-wishing that can continue to be there when there's not a real rich juiciness. It's like, I've already said it to this person, it's kind of worn off a little, can I just continue to say the phrases? And so the immediate answer is no, you just keep saying the phrases, even if there's not a lot of affect. This is the planting of the seeds that I talked about. If you do this practice intensively over long periods of time, it will inevitably go through periods of plateau where there's not a lot of feeling. I mean, for most of us, we can't kind of stay in that almost ecstatic space space of connection, even though that can be so great. It's just natural. 
that it will subside. But that's actually fine. What we're doing is sort of building the muscle of the metta feeling. So being able to continue to do the practice, even though there doesn't feel like there's a lot of juice in it, to just say the phrases, have this sense of well-wishing. But you can kind of do things to make it, to invite more connection. But you kind of have to, you don't want to do it, oh, I've got to get that, that oh, it's only working if I'm really feeling this kind of strong feeling. So again, that's the art. So yes, to change the visualization. Minimally changing the phrases. We want to settle on a set that kind of works for everyone. Because otherwise we just get into spinning out what's going to work and tweaking and, you know, it, it just invites more restlessness. So again, finding what works, but not having some idea or goal that it should meet that. And if it's not, I've got to fix it. It's not working. There has to be some basic level. We go, okay, this is just what I'm feeling right now. It's pretty simple but I'm just committed to saying the phrases. And that's where the concentration side can really get developed. And there's a whole benefit and field associated with that that you know, I didn't much talk about, but to, to trust in that as well. So again, as I said before, there's never, oh, you should do this and not do that. It's like, explore that a little, but look for where you're really grasping after something and how you can just say, okay, it's just like this right now. I'm just... It's pretty cooled out, but I'm just saying the phrases, and that's okay. So, yeah, they're on the board. We uh, so we posted just a very traditional set of phrases on the board. A few variations you can check out and see if they work for you. Okay, time to go now for some walking practice. Nice sometimes just to continue the metta. You can do it formally in the walking. Same practice you did in the sitting. Self-benefactor. Start with, you know, a few minutes, however long for yourself, 10, 15 minutes, just being with yourself and the metaphrases, and then walking with your benefactor, hand in hand. Sometimes people have the other person, whoever it is, say the benefactor, at the end of the path, and you're like walking towards them, merging with them at the end. Sometimes you carry them with you in your heart. You can, again, experiment and see what works as you uh, move into a formal walking period, either with metta or in the mindfulness. Okay, thank you for your practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.